0: Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkes, your host, and our guest is Jonathan Wurtzen and Assistant Professor of Sociology and International Affairs at Yale University. Professor Wurtzen is a comparative historical sociologist with teaching and research interests in North African society and politics. He works on the areas of state formation, colonialism and empire, ethnicity and nationalism, urban and rural contentious politics, and Islamic social movements. Today, we'll talk with Professor Wurtzen about his new book, Constructing Morocco colonial state building and the struggle to define the nation. Welcome, Professor Wirtson. Thank you, Marilyn. Let's begin with an overview of your book and the question at its foundation.
1: OK. This book looks at a, a big question in in examining how nations are formed, how nations are defined. And I take a very specific case. I look mm-hmm. at Morocco to analyze how this plays out uh, in an empirical sense. and. The critical question that I'm interested in is in, a, in, uh, in the colonial period in Morocco, which was between 1912 and 1956, mm-hmm. you had an outside power, European, uh, actually the French and the Spanish, that come into Morocco ostensibly to do state building, to do state formation. And what I do is look at this period and analyze these two processes, mm-hmm. uh, state formation or state building on the one side, and then nation building, or nation formation on the other. And what I'm interested in is the specific reasons for how and why Moroccan national identity was defined the way that it was, which uh, in the end, at Independence in 1956, Mm -hmm. you have a very strong definition of Arab identity, Muslim identity, and then the critical importance of the king as a figurehead that, that unifies the nation.
0: Okay, and what was the inspiration for writing the book?
1: This book, the origins of this, go back to a, a time when I, was, when I first was working in Morocco several years ago. When you drive around the country, you see uh, from the north to the south of the country on hills or mountainsides, three words that are painted onto the rocks that you can see from the highway. Uh, at the top you have Allah, God, and then at the bottom you have El Watan, the nation, and El Melik, the king. And you have this triptych, these three words, God, nation, and king, that basically define what Moroccan national identity or at least the official version of that is. Mm-hmm. And when I with this project what I was interested in is going back into the story, the genealogy of how this particular definition of Moroccan identity came to be.
0: Okay. I know you're in the final stages of actually writing the book, but tell us a little bit about the methodology. How are you doing the research?
1: Well, to uncover the way that uh, this story came, came about, and basically there's a, a, an assumption here that this is a process rather than a given, that Moroccan identity is not something that just exists but that mm-hmm. it's something that has historically evolved and has been constructed over time. And what I was interested in is getting into the, the various players that were involved in that story. And by examining the colonial period, I basically looked at examining the, from, on the state building side, the French colonial administration, then you have an, an urban nationalist movement that gets uh, mobilized in the 1930s, the uh, the king who, who plays an important role. And then I was really interested in several other groups that are l- the non-elites, but that played an important role that has not been, the story on their side has not been told as, extensively and these were the tribal groups that were outside of the the urban areas which are primarily berber speaking Mm -hmm. Uh, the country had a very sizable jewish minority and then the other kind of underlying uh, group that doesn't get a lot of uh, coverage in in the history of this period are are women Mm -hmm. and all the various roles that they played and so in the methodology that i pursued was to go back into colonial archives to um, identify other kind of non-traditional types of sources to get some of these voices, particularly uh, the tribal Berber side and and women, um, to bring their perspective on the process of nation formation that went on during the colonial period.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit uh, more specifically about each of those groups, the women, the Berbers, and the Jews. How did each um, define, help to define uh, Moroccan identity during this period?
1: that process actually works out in tandem with the, t- the other major players that are involved, which, and this is the story that usually gets told, is the way that the colonial administration sought to prevent uh, u- the unification of a Moroccan resistance and then use policies to divide the Moroccan society or to reinforce divisions that they perceived that were there. And what they actually tried to do was to use ethnicity to try to divide between Arab and Berber, mm-hmm. to use religion to divide uh, between uh, Jews and Muslims, and then use gender also as, as a fundamental division that w- was in place in terms of education. You have boys uh, in one school, girls in another, of course. Um, law was uh, uh, very much gender-based in which men have different rights than women do. and. So to start with the, the berbers this is these populations which lived in more inaccessible areas uh, mm-hmm. in the mountains for instance that are off of the coast and in the deserts they were actually the the most intractable groups that the french had the most difficulty and the spanish also in pacifying or militarily uh, conquering these areas and so you actually have several decades it's not until the mid 1930s that this process of pacification is completed and the, the Berbers, that resistance, and then the kind of subsequent story where they get incorporated into the colonial army, mm-hmm. is, is a whole uh, part of Moroccan history that has not been well chronicled and actually a really critical element in, in how both the Nationalists and the French were trying to control definitions of the nation. And on the French side, they're basically trying to say that the Arabs and the Berbers were completely distinct, that the Berbers weren't really Muslim. And on the other side, the Arabs were basically trying to say the opposite—that there was a fundamental unity there of the Arabs and Muslims. So, to to examine the, the Berber perspective, what I did is is look at uh, a, a tro- uh, an archive of poetry that was actually mm-hmm. gathered during that, that time period, which is really a, a unique way to get a voice uh, from a population that didn't have written sources. Mm-hmm. And in this oral medium, um, you get to hear their perspectives on on the conquest, on this dilemma of. This almost apocalyptic sense of, of impending doom as the French are conquering the, the country, and you actually get to hear women and men. So it was it was a fascinating. That's a fascinating aspect of, that that I was able to uncover in the study. Uh, so I'm yes, sorry. Yeah. This
0: is actually oral. It's, it, people um, recited the the poetry to you, or right. is it? It's not written no, down this, anywhere.
1: So in its original incarnation, mm-hmm. these were poems that were were chanted in a, in okay. a public ceremony. Um, in, you know in a song but during the period the, uh, of the colonial period as the past this military conquest was happening there was a french officer whose hobby was to gather all of this poetry oh, wow. and he sat down and transcribed that and then he had multiple moroccan assistants interlocutors that went out into these areas and gathered this from uh, basically from the north of the country to the south and so it provides this really amazing right. in- insight into mm-hmm. how these groups you know insurgent groups, uh, the resistance fighters, you know, depending on your perspective, um, their side to the story.
0: Mm -hmm. What conclusions um, do you reach in the book? I know it's not um, finished yet, but...
1: Right. well, the, in terms of the, the basic question, um, and this is, a, you know, a relevant question in light of, of what's happening uh, in, in the American involvement in Iraq, for instance, or in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. uh, in these, these places where, you, where there's a lot of talk about failed states or, uh, you know, how do you actually go about state formation, nation formation. You know, to go back into this period where you had a somewhat similar circumstances, an outside power that's interested in these processes and, and a, in some ways controlling them. Mm-hmm. I think one of the conclusions, one of the basic conclusions, is that that political context of this outside power coming in does really impact the the process of identity formation, but impacts us in ways that are really difficult uh, to, uh, to to preordain or to actually control. Um, and so, like for in the Moroccan case, you actually had a very interactive processes where the inputs from the colonial regime, from an urban nationalist group, from a a uh, traditional government, the sultan, the king that they kept in place. And then from these other outlier groups, all of this goes into a very complex uh, process that works over time. And the other major conclusion is that that process doesn't stop at a given point, Mm -hmm. that this is a continuing process.
0: Okay. And what was the most surprising thing you found in doing the research for the book?
1: The, the, I think the stuff that I was most fascinated by and, and that was most surprising was to get into the story that I was talking about before of uh, the Berber side to uh, Morocco's colonial history, which the, you know, the, the, the official nationalist versions that come out after independence definitely incorporate these and basically label them as um, part of a teleological seamless process of the Moroccan nation emerging. But what you see, what in, in, getting into that poetry itself, you see lots of competing voices trying to understand what is happening in in processing a, as a, a at a communal level at this greater uh, level beyond a tribal identification. In some sense, it's kind of a pre-national sense of of Moroccan identity, but in a very different angle than the urban Arab nationalists were were defining that. And what's interesting there is. Uh, kind of the intimacy of some of the poetry that deals with this conquest uh, at the level of of, uh, their families being being killed at the same time that they're also processing this at a very corporate Mm
0: -hmm. level interesting thanks very much for being here with us today and sharing some of your research
1: thank you you're welcome
0: for more information about Professor Wurtzen and his work, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale.